John chapter 6, we're going to begin reading verse 22. John chapter 6 and verse 22, the Word of God declares, The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, say that one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh into the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. And they said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then... Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. In verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Heavenly Father, we come to you now as we break the bread of life, asking you, Father, to be with this congregation, be in this service. Lord, let everything we say and do bring honor and glory to you. I pray, Lord, as I stand before your people, you give me the words to say and bring to my memory those things I've studied. Let me just preach with boldness and authority those things that you've laid upon my heart, Lord, to speak. Father, I just pray that everyone here knows you as Lord and Savior, but in case there's one that knows not you in the free pardon of sin, our prayer is that during the preaching hour, your Holy Spirit would deal with that heart that lost individual, and Lord, when the invitation is given, they'll be convicted and convinced to turn to you and trust you for salvation. Father, you've heard our prayer request. We just pray that you intercede and do as you see fit with each request according to your will. Now, Lord, again, may everything said and done honor and glorify you. We thank you, Lord, that you are truly the bread of life. I love you, I praise you, and I thank you for my salvation and the assurance. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. You may be seated. As you begin chapter 6, you'll find that Jesus has preached to a great multitude 
on a mountain and after he was done, as he looked out, he noticed that those people were hungry. And Jesus, being compassionate like he was, thought to himself, well, we're going to feed these folks. So what did he do? He had the disciples look around to see what they had to feed them. And, of course, there was five little loaves and two fish. Now, that probably wouldn't feed me, let alone a crowd of around 15,000 people. But you got to remember, nothing is impossible for God. God is Jesus. Amen. So anyways, he feeds them. And when they had eaten till they were completely full. You ever ate so much to where you just feel like, oh, i got to loosen my belt. I need to lay down. I've been there a time or two. Uh, when they were completely full, they took up 12 baskets of fragments. The disciples did. Each basket for one of the disciples. You know why? Because they doubted it was to remind them of the miracle. Now, it's one thing for you to be in the multitude and just have God do this. And by the way, only God can do that. But it's another thing to be with God in the flesh, the Messiah, the Christ, and to watch him. This wasn't the first miracle that he had ever performed in front of them. Guess what? They still lack faith. But before we throw rocks at them, aren't we the same way? Don't we have our doubts from time to time? Sure we do. You're lying if you say, oh, not me. You're lying. Listen, we doubt the Lord more than we want to admit. We doubt him. But he is still able to do above all that we ask him to do. Amen. Now, let's get into where we're at now. We started in verse 20. Two, And notice the day following when this great miracle took place when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save the one whereunto his disciples were entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat but that his disciples were gone away. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nine to the place where they did eat bread talking about where he had just fed 15,000 people, pretty much. And after the Lord had given thanks, when the people therefore saw Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Now we get excited when we say, hey, that whole multitude is seeking the Lord. They want to be around the Lord. No, they want more fish and more bread. They want more miracles. And that's where we're at today. Everybody wants the miracle, but they don't want to be people of faith and people of action. Oh, I love the Lord, but no, I'm not going to church today. I'm going to the lake. Oh, I love the Lord, but no, I'm busy. I can't let go, and I can't go to vacation Bible school. You see what I'm saying? Folks, they didn't get it. And Jesus is fixing to preach another sermon. And hopefully, they'll get it this time. Notice what it says. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, which means teacher, master, when camest thou hither? 
When did you get here? How did you get here? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. (laughs) What did I just say a few minutes ago? Yeah, they were after more fish and more bread. And then look at how Jesus breaks it down. Verse 27, very important. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Let's read that one more time and we'll break it down. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Lots of folks are laboring after stuff that's going to perish. People are into materials. They want this. They want that. I want a new car. I want a new house. I want a new boat. And listen, if God blesses you and you can have those things That's okay, but remember this. Those things aren't going with you when you die. Those things aren't treasure in heaven. They're just stuff. That's just material. And when you die, it's going to be left to your kids. Or the way it's going, the government's going to have it all. Amen? But it doesn't matter. What we should be striving and laboring for is the meat that gives us eternal life. Salvation is something that we should all labor for. When I say labor, not work for, because you can't ever do anything to earn it. It is a gift of God. Amen? Amen? It's an almighty thing. Man has nothing to do with salvation. Although man sure does try. But the point is, no, what's the most important thing a person can do in this life. Be saved. And isn't it amazing? And if this proves anything, there's lots of folks out there that believe in a religion or denomination and they place all of their faith and trust in those things and they placate God and say, you know, this is the way I'm going to heaven. No, there's only one salvation, there's only one Savior, and there's only one way to Christ, and that's through what? The cross. We are saved by grace through faith. Now, this is what's sad today, because people forget God's Word. They don't ever study it, and they forget what it says in Proverbs 16. There is a way that seemeth right unto man... But the end thereof are the ways of death. And everybody thinks, oh, that's the way. And they just follow by the nose. And when they come to the end of the way and they wake up in the flames of hell, I guess they're going to realize, hmm, I must have been wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Understand this morning. When it comes to Jesus, he is the only way. There is no other way. You talk to people, and it's amazing what they tell you sometimes, Brother Ciro. 
They'll say, oh, yeah, I'm saved because my grandpa was a preacher. And because he's in the family of God, I'm in the family of God. No, that won't get you there, folk. I've told you many times. My brother-in-law, I love that guy. I introduced him to my sister. That's how much I thought of Reuben. But he was Jewish. And he said, hey, don't tell me about the Bible. Don't talk to me and Lori. Don't tell me about the Bible. Don't witness. Listen, I'm one of the chosen. If anybody's going to heaven, I'm going because I'm a Jew. Sad to say, no, it don't work that way. The only person that saves is Jesus. There is no other. Amen? The Bible says neither is there any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Right? Now, notice, labor for everlasting life. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. Who did he send? He sent Christ. But yet they rejected him. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. Notice, what shall we do? And they said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? What dost thou work? But notice, now this is the day after, right? The day after they were just fed. The Lord performed this great miracle. And now they're asking for another miracle. Uh, He had already performed the miracle the day before. You would have thought that would have convinced some folks, right? But no, they won't. Hey, show us a sign. And then look at what happens. Our fathers, this is them speaking to the Savior. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. And as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh, No. Wouldn't Moses have provided bread, manna, for the children of Israel to eat while they were in the wilderness? It was God that provided. The manna. And God has provided his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come into the world and die to atone for our sins so that we can have access to God and be what? Reconciled to God through his blood and his sacrifice. Notice again, but Moses gave us manna. Now, Jesus says, in verse 35, he's the bread of life, right? Well, that manna that God provided every day for 40 years, and by the way, did a little study on that, it's been a while back, but understand, between two and three million people, maybe even some say you go as far as three and a half million people, wandering for 40 years, just... For the manna alone to feed that bunch, that would be the equivalent of 240 boxcars every day. 
think about that. Well, I don't think God can help me. I think he can help me. I think he's capable, more than capable. I think there's nothing impossible for him. If he can feed them for 40 years, provide 240, and a boxcar is pretty good size. Amen? And it's full to the brim. 240 of those a day. Uh, he can handle any problem you and I got. Amen? Now, notice, our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But look at Jesus said unto them, bah, Truly, truly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Who's he talking about? He's talking about himself, the Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. God gave Jesus to us. Didn't have to, but he did. But that manna we were talking about in the Old Testament, it is a picture of Christ, just like he is the bread of life. How many of you like bread? You know what? You can go about anywhere in the world. In fact, I'll go ahead and say it. I believe this. I believe you can go everywhere in the world. And you know what? Every nationality, every country has bread of some sort. Now, we in America, we got it pretty easy, don't we? We just run down to Walmart and buy some bread. Right? We don't have to bake it. We don't have to make it. But you know, in other parts of the country... And I know the political police will get me for saying this word. Savages out there make their bread and lay it on a rock next to a fire. Now, I don't mean to offend anyone, but that's what they are. In the deepest parts of the jungle where they've never seen, you know, buildings and airplanes and trains. But they make bread. And one thing about bread is it's satisfying, isn't it? But here's the problem with bread. You and I can eat that bread every day, and you can tell I've eaten a loaf or two. We can eat that bread every day, and yes, it will sustain us for a while. But do you know what? Eventually, even though we eat that bread, we're going to die. But I can assure you, I know of a bread that you can partake of that guarantees you'll never die. And I'm talking about everlasting life. I didn't say physical death. If Jesus don't come back in your lifetime and mine, we're going to die. But just once, that's right, sister. But guess what? As far as eternal life goes we will have it if we have the bread of life if we've tasted the bread of life you've eaten it now notice what he says <coughs> excuse me and then Jesus said unto him verily verily I said to you Moses gave you not that bread from heaven but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. So, we know that the bread of heaven is not a denomination. Amen? We know it's not a, a preacher. 
we know the bread of heaven is Jesus Christ, God's Son, whom he sent himself. Amen. Amen? That we know. It's not a work or denomination or being a church member. Listen, I'm a church member. I happen to be a Baptist church member because it's the closest to what I believe Jesus taught. But Baptist doesn't save you. This church house doesn't save you. It takes believing by faith in what Jesus did. He came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And if you pray that prayer, he will save you and he will give you eternal life. But you have to receive it. You know the multitude, when the disciples were passing out fish, loaves, they would walk by and people would take what they wanted. But they had to receive what they were passing out. It's the same thing concerning salvation. We have to receive it. It's a gift. Don't cost you nothing. Cost Jesus everything, but it doesn't cost me and you nothing. But we have to receive it. It's kind of like if I had Brother Steve, I invited him over for dinner and Lori made her good old mm, buttermilk biscuits. Now, she can make them. She's a good biscuit maker. And we're sitting at the table, and I said, Brother Steve, you want one of these biscuits? I sure do. I'd love to have one. Okay. And then you just sat there and smile at me. <laughs> I thought you wanted a buttermilk biscuit, Brother Steve. Oh, I do. Well, then take one. Now, I'm not going to put it on the plate for you. You have to take the biscuit. It's the same way concerning salvation. Everything has been done for us. Jesus died. He went to the cross to provide an atonement for our sins. He died in our place. He paid a penalty none of us could pay. And he shed his blood. It's all done. They buried him. He rose again the third day. Salvation is provided for. All you have to do is receive it. And I sure am thankful I took hold of that biscuit. Amen? I'm glad I asked Jesus to save me. How about you? Again, some folks don't get that. You see, some folks think that, no, it's too easy. There's got to be more to it. It's just too easy. Thank the Lord it's easy. All we have to do is believe in Jesus, right? Believe. And what that means when you break it down is literally put all of our weight on Christ. Just like we put our weight on these pews when we sat down. Did you ever doubt they would hold you? No, you plop down. I plop down in that chair all the time, and I never give it a second thought. Oh, I'm going to plop down, and it's going to let me fall. No, it holds me. Can I tell you, when it comes to salvation, God holds you. Nothing you have to do. Look at verse 36. He says, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. That's true. But I love verse 37 through 40. 
All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You know what that means? That means, sinner friend, you come to him, don't worry, he'll not turn you away. Ever. He'll never turn you away. Notice, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And y'all get this. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now I know there's folks out there that don't believe in the doctrine of the security of the believer. They believe, oh, you know, I might let my guard down. I might sin one of these days. And, you know, if I sin, I'm lost again. And I, I hope I have, to, I have enough time to get saved all over again. But the sad thing about this, what if you die before you have a chance to get it right again? It doesn't work like that. Listen to me, beloved. Salvation... We already found out, we just read what Jesus said. What is the will of the Father that Jesus should lose no one? It's impossible for you and I to lose our salvation. It begins with God, we are kept by God, and it will end with God taking us home to heaven because We are secure forever in Christ. How long is everlasting life? How long is it? Forever. It's amazing to me how some folks can believe you can be saved today and lost tomorrow. Listen, man has nothing to do with salvation. Amen? Thank the Lord. If it was up to us, we would mess up. But it's not up to us. When Jesus died, it was once and for all. I have everlasting life. And I don't have to worry about losing it because according to God's word, guess what? The Lord has never lost one person. Those that are saved are saved forever. That's why... I can lay my head on a pillow at night. And even if I had a bad day and I messed up or thought a bad thought and I went to bed and fell asleep before I could ask the Lord to forgive me, you know what? If I drew my last breath in my sleep, I would still wake up in his presence because I am saved. Eternal life is eternal life. Oh, you old Baptist boy, y'all are in for a rude awakening. No, y'all are in for a rude awakening because I tell you what's going to happen. Those of you that think he ain't going to make it to heaven, the way he's living, he's left the church, he's left the work, he's left God, he ain't going to make it, and then you get there and you're going to see that person there too. What's he doing here? 
Uh, it's called eternal salvation. It's called everlasting life. Amen? Thank you. And then, <laughs> I'll throw this in. There's those that just know for a fact, I'm there. <laughs> they wake up and they're not upstairs or downstairs. You say, Lord, just like Jesus said, many in that day will come to me saying, Lord, have I not drove out devils? Have I not done many mighty works? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So again, I'm thankful for heaven's bread. He is the bread of life. And let me tell you, bread satisfies, Jesus satisfies. There's nothing greater than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. He brings peace. He brings joy. And you know what? He satisfies. And if you come to Jesus' lost friend, you'll not have to drink of those broken cisterns that the devil wants you to drink out of. The world and sin. Because he gives you abundant life. He's the bread of life. I hope you've tasted heaven's bread. One more passage and we'll quit. Verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother were known? We know, I'm sorry. How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? <laughs> Verse 43. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day again. Notice. He uses his Holy Spirit today through preaching and teaching God's word. He uses his Holy Spirit to convict us and convince us of our need for salvation. And that's what he's talking about. No one can come to him except they be drawn of the Father. Now understand, he wants to save you and I assure you, I can, not many things I can guarantee. They're just not. I, I can't guarantee you what president we got today is going to do tomorrow. I don't know what the economy is going to be like. It's getting bad, I'll tell you that much. But I don't know. I can't guarantee you about things like that. But there's one thing that I can guarantee, and that is Jesus loves you. He went to the cross. He died for you. And if you place your simple childlike faith and trust in him, you confess your sins, ask him to forgive you and invite him into your heart, I can guarantee you he will save you. You say, how do you know? I have his word on it. 
That's good enough for me. Amen? So, I'll ask you in close. Simple message, but you've heard truth. Jesus is the bread of life, and he offers life to anyone who will just receive it. The question is, do you know the bread of life? Do you know Jesus? Have you tasted heaven's bread? Do you know if you were to draw your last breath right here now, you would go to heaven? Listen, if you can't answer for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven, then you need to get it settled here and now. You may be saved. And what I mean by that is you've made a profession of faith, but you know what? You've kind of drifted. You've gotten out of fellowship with God. I'm going to tell you, when you get out of fellowship with God, you don't feel saved. Amen? You don't. Not like when you got saved. Man, I tell you what, I was walking on air. I kid you not, I just... There's nothing greater. I had peace with God, Brother Dave. I didn't have to worry about dying anymore. Now, I wasn't going to walk in front of a semi. Amen. I wasn't going to tempt the Lord. But I knew if I died, I was going to heaven. And folks, listen, there is no greater feeling than that. Because I'm going to tell you, as far as the world goes, that's true. They don't think about God. They don't think about heaven. They don't think about eternity. But I assure you, they always think about death. That's why it's important that we are to try our best to share the gospel when God gives us opportunity. But you, here and now, the question, are you saved? Are you prepared to die? Jesus bread of life. And let me just say in close, what a sustainer. Talking about joy, talking about abundant life. It's yours just for the asking, just for the receiving. So I'm thankful. I hope you are if you're saved. But just in case you're not, if God has spoken to your heart, give your heart to before it's too late.